0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. So we're going to start this morning learning how we can, because again I'm going to be weaving in and out of, of previous teachings. How to maximize this dispensation that we're in right now? How do I maximize how do I get everything out of it that God has put in it for me? You're gonna follow me. If you will go to John chapter seventeen and rest there for a minute. I wanna remind us over and over we need to maximize this dispensation. Why? Because God has given it to us. So we've learned in previous teachings that what a dispensation is. We said a dispensation is a defined span of time. And that is determined by God for His purpose. It's a defined span of time. That means it's a span of time that before you was even born, God had already placed in place. All of us are so off on every, our own little tangent, but there's a defined span of time that God has placed in place just for you. And we said that we have to understand that there has been defined spans of time that has been determined by God for His purpose in each and every one of our lives. You, a lot of people want to look and act like the defined span of time is for the minister's. Are those that are called? What well, you're called? Everybody. If you're born of woman, you have a defined. You have a destination. You have a destiny. You have a divine destiny, and you got to find that divine destiny, and you got to bring it forth. Enough of the play stuff. Enough of the dumb stuff. A defined span of time and a divine, I'm telling you, 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 you have a divine destiny. So don't pick and choose what you're going to do until you first find out your destiny. It's already been predetermined. If you wanted to do your own thing, you shouldn't have gave your life to Christ. Because once you gave it to God, God said, okay, now step into the destiny that I've already prepared for you. So God gives us these dispensations of time, not only for the purpose of ourselves, but also for the purpose of others. I told you in time passing, you know, I want to reemphasize, we must maximize this uh, uh, dispensation that has been given to us by God. Especially this dispensation. Since the leaving of our founding pastor, a dispensation has been placed upon us. I told you new don't last new. Don't last long. And we can tell it in people. But it has already been placed since the time that our, the, our founding pastor transitioned to heaven. Now, because of that, it's time for us to fulfill our destiny. It's time for us, for us to maximize this dispensation. Now, we all know in previous teachings that are taught that we all have one big dispensation. That's the beginning of our lives to the end. Our lifetime. That's the big dispensation. But we have a lot of little spans of time in between that time. The big time, there's a lot of little spans of time that you get. And that's the time where you make choices. Listen to me closely. Because it's very important. Within your lifetime, God will give you your spans of time where he desires for something to get done. Those are all those little spans of time. His his desire to get something done in you and through you. His time, just little spans of time in you and through you. And he said, "Our desire, my desire is that you fulfill this. He'll give us words to fulfill it. He'll put people in our lives to help us fulfill it. He'll give us messages to fulfill it. And all of it has to do with his word being fulfilled in you. His word being fulfilled in you. And where he has given us a time for his word to be fulfilled in us, he has given us a time. He said, I'm going to give you a time to get it done. Very important. He's given us a, whatever your divine destiny is, whatever the word is and the will that he wants done in your life, that's only a span of time to get it done. Just a span of time. Every one of us here at COLW, God has given us a dispensation to minister. In other words, God has given us a span of time to serve Him. And then He's also given us a span of time to execute that plan. He said, I want you to execute what I'm giving you. See, he's not calling just a group of us to do it. And then when everything get like it's supposed to, you jump on the bandwagon. Guess what? When everything gets like you think it's right where you're supposed to, and you try to jump on the bandwagon, guess what? You're going to be kicked off. Because now is the time. It's called a non-finisher, that was, that's what that called. And I'm a non-finisher, and so I want to get on board where those finishers have already laid it all out. That won't be happening. So God has given us a span of time to execute his instructions. We, and guess what? And We have the grace to do it. We can get it done. God has not given us any instruction without giving us grace to carry it out. He always gives it. If you hear an instruction that seems impossible for you, it probably is. Because he said, you're going to need my grace to do it. So you know it's God because it's impossible for you to do it on your own. And he said, I will never give you something to do on your own. I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to apply the grace for you to get it done. But it's only in a span of time. So that being said, we are without excuse. Because you got the grace of God. So to maximize this Dispensation or this span of time we must understand the importance of completing everything that God tells us to complete. To finish whatever God's telling us to do. We gotta get to the end. Most of the time we don't think about finishing or completing God's work. Listen, until it's almost time's up. When time is almost up then we wanna jump to it. Now we want to get it done. But he's given you a span of time to get it done. He's given you the grace to get it done. But you've been doing your own thing, and then all of a sudden, oftentimes, right at the end, we're scrambling to try to get it done. I want Okay, I want to complete this now. I want to finish this now. Time's almost up. You know, it's interesting... And most of you in here, you know, when they give those what those standardized tests, when they give those to you, they give you a predetermined time to get it done. They give you a start time and they give you a finish time. And at that predetermined, you got to get everything done. And if you at the end of that start time and end time, if you don't have it done, that is is what, when they say time is up. They don't care if you have another sheet left. They don't care if you have another problem left. They don't care if you didn't finish it. Your time was up. All they want you to do was that predetermined time. Listen. And you yourself know, in those type of tests, when they give you that time and they say, this is it, they don't care about anything else. You can't go and ask those people that gives you the test, can I have five more minutes to finish? Can I have ten more minutes to finish? I just have one more paper. I just had two more problems to do. Can you give me ten more minutes? You can't even ask that, and if you did, they won't do it. The same way it is with God. He gives you a predetermined time to start what He has told you to do, what he's to do. And it's an ending time. And you can't go to him and say, God, give me another week. Give me another month. Oh, God, give. okay, God, I'm ready now. Just give me a, another year. Well, God's not giving it just like those people that do the standardized tests are not giving it. Because he's already predetermined your time. And by the way, the Lord God changes not. He gave you the time and He expected you to do something within that time limit. So don't come telling me what extra stuff God has given you because God has already set the time. But you're not without hope. Just hold on. you got to keep coming to church to hear the message to, to see if you can come out of that. Because I'm here to tell you, don't give me that. God has already predetermined. Some of you wasted time. And now you're trying to ask God to give you more time. And you want to make yourself believe he is giving you more time. Only time, more time he's giving you is to repent. So you can get where you need to be. But that time is gone. That's not what I'm hearing from God. Well then you need to come with chapter and verse for that. Because He's the Lord God. He changed not. He said He's already predestined your steps. And He's not changing. You have a dispensation of time. Every one of us. To do what God has called us to do. In other words, it is predetermined. The start was predetermined and the end is predetermined. And you have to finish within the time allotted. You have to finish in the time allotted. Don't ask God for more time. And if you've blown the time, then you've got to just keep coming to hear the messages and see can you get out of it. Are you with me? So we have to maximize this dispensation. I believe a lot of times that we don't complete things from God and we don't finish things from God that God has us to do because we fail to see what we have taught in this ministry for years. We fail to see the completion before we even get started. See, we gotta see it already done. We gotta see the finish. We gotta see that it's all done. Then you start. But we want to start and watch. No, you've got to see already the completion. You've got to see. See, if you don't see this church already completed, full of souls that was once lost, now growing and developing and changing. If you don't see it, that's why you do nothing. Because you don't see the end. You don't see the complete. And more than likely, you are a non-finisher. Because you can't see it. Finishers always see the end. You have to see it first, all before, whenever God is going, since God has talked to us, from September 1st to now, everything that He's told, have told us, you should have been looking at the end. I said, God said, through me, weeks and weeks ago, you call yourself wall builder. I don't hear it around here, because you don't see the completion. He said, no longer call you not you're not doing what you used to do. You're wall builders now. see you you call yourself what you are, and then you'll do it. but I very seldom hear I hear one or two people, maybe nine then say it, but I remember when he said it, he said. Call yourself wall builders. Why? Because you're in a new dispensation and I got a, another assignment for you and I have a lot of the time and, and as long as you're saying that to one another, you'll build each other and you'll have confidence to be one. Uh, do you all remember that? Hmm. So we have to see the completion before you begin. You have to establish in your heart what God wants you to do in the beginning. Establish it there. You cannot wait until the end. You cannot wait until... That's why I say that's getting on the bat and wagging at the end. You cannot wait until the end. And what happens to most of us in our lives, our children are, all, are almost gone. They're almost out the house. Now we're rushing. Trying to get something done. Our sponsors got a point where they're about to leave. Now we're getting busy. Now we're panicking. Our finances are, you know, uh, they get to a point that you're all messed up. Terrible. Now you're not even able to retire. Why? Now you're rushing and you're trying to do things and you're trying to get things where they need to be. Because why? It's at the end. And so now I'm trying to make something work. You're trying to make something work when you had a lot of time to get it done, but now I'm rushing because I'm at the end of this thing. They're about to leave. My finances are so messed, I don't know what to do. So now I'm just doing anything. In other words, the end was always coming. The end is always coming. And because you didn't see the completion of it, and you didn't see it when you you didn't see the completion when you started, now that you're at the end, now that you're right there, you're trying everything. Everything that could have been done in a course of time, you're trying to do it right in a little length of time, right in the nam in a crunch. All that you should have been doing in all the time with all your foolishness. Now at the end, i got just a little time left. Let me squeeze it in and try to get it done. Let me hear that word. We're going to look at Jesus here in chapter 17. You need to understand this. Jesus came. To make a completion of everything that he did, he came to finish. He knew what he came for, he came to get it done. Jesus never came here to stay. Your founding pastor never came here to stay. It was a work to be done. Jesus even said to himself, He said, I gotta go. I didn't come here to stay. You know what that's called? That's called a finisher's mentality. They know what they're here for and when it's time to go, it's time to go. You want to stay here and do nothing. Satisfy me, Lord, with long life to do nothing. Whether I do whatever you got, I just want to live. But you're not here to stay. None of us in here. You're not here to stay. You're not going to stay. But, you are going to come, it is going to come to an end, and it's fastly approaching. That's going to come whether you do the will of God or not. The end will come. Your dispensation of time that God has allotted to you is coming to an end. Every one of us. There's no extra time. Why? Because it's been predetermined, it's already set. God's not sitting on the throne and say, Oh, well, they went through a little difficult. Let me add a little more time for that. That's not how it works. It's already predetermined. Sister, before you were born, it was already predetermined. It was already set. I love Jesus because he said, I gotta go. He had that mentality. We have to, here at Church of Living Water, we have to have a finisher's mentality. And I can, I mean, I can eyeball out those in this ministry that have a finisher's mentality, and it's not many. But we all. See, we're talking about a oneness and being on one accord, where well, everybody has to have that. Everybody has to have that. Not just a few. Uh, Jesus even let them know he, when he was a child at 12 years old he was like you know what I'm finished being a child I gotta be about my father's business <laughs> at 12 he already knew he said I have to be about my father's business I'm finished being a child we got you in here 25 30 35 50. Sixty. You still struggling. But Jesus was like, I got to complete this thing. I came here to complete this thing. When he became a young adult, the Bible said he increased in wisdom. How many of you are increasing in wisdom? With all of the teaching you get here. But the Bible said he increased in wisdom with God and man. That's because he said, i got to finish this thing, and i got to complete it. Because he understood one thing, I'm not going to be a young adult forever. That's where we miss it. You think where you are is where you're going to be forever. Some of you that was teenagers in this ministry, you're not a teenager no more. You thought where you were was going to be that way forever. You're not, you're getting old. Jesus understood that. I'm not going to be no young adult forever. I gotta finish it. But he understood I have something to do. I have something to do. Jesus started his ministry and he finished it out. And then said it even so. It is finished. I'm out of here. Why? He said, because I gotta go. And each and every one of here of us in here, whether you finish your assignment or not, you gotta go. You you got you gotta go. see Jesus was saying I didn't come just to heal the sick I didn't come just to raise the dead I didn't come just to turn the water into wine I didn't come for just that he's like those are things I had to do but now see I had to do those things to let you know who I was but he said but you know what I've completed all of that. That's in completion. I got to go on to the next thing. See, we want to keep we want we want to keep loved ones here, and they're going on to the next thing. I know you want to keep them in as much bondage as you is. No, know. they're going on to the next thing. Jesus said, I gotta go on to the next thing. Why? Because if I don't get on into the next thing, like sit at the right hand of the fathers and make intercession for you, your tail will be in trouble. See, we wanna just stay still. We wanna be here. We wanna do that. But we gotta go on to the next thing. Jesus laid it out. He's the example. It's always the next thing with God. When He got to the cross and He bore all the sins, all of our sins, and the sins of the whole world, I love when He said, It's finished. I completed this work. And I love the fact that when He got in the grave, it didn't take him six days to get back to victory. Didn't take him seven. Didn't take him a week. He said three days and this thing is going to be finished. Three days. This is going to be. This is going to have to. I got to finish this. Why? Because he understood time. He was allotted a dispensation to get it done. He wasn't going to be here forever to get it done. Oh. They killed Jesus on the cross. He's like, don't even come with that because I got to get through with this because I'm allotted a time because he knew death was coming because he was only allotted a time. And he said, I got to finish it before time's up. Everybody's going to have a time's up. Everybody's got that. Timer that been turned around and it's ticking away, and when it a "ping," time's up. Time was up for Jesus, and it's gonna be up for you. So you can play along with the game. You can make yourself feel like you got all the time in the world. You can you can let the world tell you you're young. You gonna live forever. You going you got time. You can let you can let the enemy tell you all of that. But no a certainty. You're only allotted a certain amount of time. And when that time is up, you can't stay here. I don't care what your age is. You can't stay. There will be no more time for you to stay. get this you better get this when they rolled the stone away they said he's not here I could hear Jesus saying yeah I finished that you looking for me I completed that can you say that but then he was so gracious, he said, but I'm going to send you another comforter. He said, go wait. Go. You can trust me. You can trust, because see, I know how to complete something. So because I know how to complete something, I'm telling you what you do. Go and wait, because I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm somebody that can finish. You can trust me. You, let me tell you, always remember this. You can always trust the finisher. It's the non-finisher you better beware of. They, they they just got the gift to gab. They talk the talk, but uh, all you got to do is examine the walk. But you can always trust the finisher. Somebody that can complete something, and you can you can you can in little tasks. Just get little tasks done. Can they finish the thing, or do somebody else have to step in and finish what you started? And he told them, go wait. When they all got on one accord, when they all got on one accord, he waited to tell, until they all got on one accord. He said, get in, I don't care where you have to do, get in the upper room, lower room, whatever room, but you have to be on one accord. And when they all were on one accord, he said, the Holy Spirit. Where's the oneness? He sifted after you all got on one accord as he promised. In John 17 and 1, it reads, These words spake Jesus, and lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. In other words, time's up. He said, Okay, Father. Thou is come. The time is up. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son may glorify thee. I I love that so much. Look at verse 2. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ. Whom Thou hast sent. Verse 4. I have glorified Thee on the earth. I have finished the work which Thou gave it to me. Now, when he said that, he could not have been talking about the cross. Because he was, had not been to the cross on this. He said right here, I have glorified Thee. On the earth, I have finished the work which thou, had, that, which thou had given me. He Again, he was not talking about the cross work. He had not been to the cross when he said that. He was not talking about redemption. Because he had not redeemed us when he said that. Follow me. Yet, he's talking about his earthly ministry. His earthly ministry. He said, you sent me to do something. You sent me to do something. On the earth. Before I returned to heaven. And I finished it. I completed the work. I've glorified you. Now listen to me, church. I'm going to ask you a question just for you to think on. What if Jesus would not have finished when the hour had come? What if Jesus would not have finished when the hour come? Because he said, remember, he said down there, the hour has come. See, the hour was coming, whether he did it or not. He said the hour has come. If The, the hour is coming. But what about if he had not finished? When the hour had come. See your hour is coming. Everyone in here. Your hour is coming. And what about if you don't finish. When the hour comes. I'm trying to get you to think about some things. Seriously. Seriously. If Jesus had not glorified God when the hour came, he was still going to die. Because again, you already have a predetermined time. It's going to happen one way or the other. If he would not have finished it, he still was going to die. Because the time was already set. But if he had not finished it in the hour that he was supposed to, then it, we would not have been sure he was who he said he was. We couldn't have been sure. Because it already foretold and predetermined what he was supposed to do and how he was supposed to do it. So if we see Jesus, this man, doing different things that you see, but the, this one thing he didn't do, and he st- the time ran out and he died, it would have left us thinking, was he the one? Showing you how important it is to complete something. And it don't affect just you to not complete something, to not finish something. It affects other people. If he would not have completed, it would have affected us. We would have said, no, but they said that he was going to die on the cross and he was going to have nail scars and he was going to be raised in the third day. If he would not have finished in that hour and still went around talking about, oh, I got one more sermon to preach. He could have said, you know, you know, I got something I want to teach. And I'll get back to that when I get back to it. <laughs> you know how we do, religious. Oh, this is God. I've got one more thing to say. See, the hours are still going to come. It's still coming. But guess what? If he would not have finished, we wouldn't know how to live. Because see, everything, we are learning how to live because he did finish. We would not know how to live after that hour. Now we do. He was saying, Father, when the time was up, the job was done. The Bible teaches us that he's our example. If you think you're going to bypass this, think again. He said, I glorified you. I finished what you sent me here to do. Ooh, church, I hope you're getting this. Listen, you'll never, ever maximize this dispensation or any if we do not see the completion at the start. You've got to see it springing forth right now. You, you can't wait for it to spring forth. You've got to see it right now. At the start, right at the start, you have to see what God desires to accomplish in you and through you. you got to see God's purpose in everything that he's called us to do. See, a lot of the times we find ourselves at a starting point, most of us in here. But we never, ever ask ourselves, what is it that God is trying to do in me and through me for his purpose? We just see it. If God is saying what he's going to do, then the next thing for you, the next thought should be in your head is, God, what do you want me to do in it? What do you want to do in me and through me in this? But we just like, oh, amen, that sounds good, that sounds good. But what is your part? You never stop and ask him, what is it? God, what is it you're trying to do in me, through me, and for the benefit of others? It's always going to be for the benefit of others. Why? Because it's for His purpose. See, you have to know that right now, in the beginning. See, I can go back over 30 or some, some odd years, just, just, just kind of reminiscing. Working in ministry, when nobody was looking. Nobody but my pastor. When nobody was looking. When God told me to go teach the little children. See, I know why Pastor always tell you you, 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 the little children. And I'm thinking on it. When I was studying, I was thinking on it, and I said, "Yeah, nobody saw any of that. They just see me now. They never saw when God." But God did something to me in when I would teach. When I would teach the children in in, in the uh, in our bedroom with bunk beds, and I teach the children while Pastor preached, and I teach and God said. You know what? If you can teach them, you'll be able to teach anyone. I didn't understand at the time. Just, just, just listen. I, I, I would start reminiscing back and he start putting it back in my memory. He said, if you can get the little ones like that from one point to another, you can get other people from one point to another. If you can have the patience with them, He said, if you can teach them, you can teach. If you can teach them, you can teach. If you can lead them, you can lead others. And at that time, I didn't didn't even realize he was making me a pastor's wife. And at that time, I didn't realize he was making me a pastor. But this time. But now see it clearly. See, a lot of times we want to just jump into something. You don't know what kind of dues anybody pays. You just think it's just something to do. It don't work like that. If you are too spiritual and too worded up to teach children, you're way too worded up for God. But you know what? I knew God was doing something in me and through me then. I didn't know what. I'm not even going to tell no lie like God knew everything God was telling me. No, no, no. I didn't. I see it clearly now. Well, because I'm older, I'm more mature, I know more of the Word. But I see now He was working, He was doing something in me and through me. He said, This thing you're going to need to do in front of them that'll help them. He said, It's the way I want you to present yourself to them. That's an example that I want you to be. And I was always an example for the young ones. He said, I want you to be the example that they can follow all the days of their life, even when they make mistakes. But they'll follow that example. They can always look back and say, You know what? Yeah, I did all of that, but you know what? I see Pastor. I saw Pastor's wife. I can follow that. And see, because when you do that with younger people, remember, they're not going to stay young forever. They're going to be teenagers They're going to be young adults. They're not going to stay young. And God told me that too. He said, those ones you did, they're not going to be young like that forever. They're going to grow up. They're going to become young men, young women, husbands, wives, mothers, fathers. And they need to be able to follow you in Christ. This is why you have to finish. Somebody wants to follow you. And I understand that God was doing something in me and through me for the benefit of others. I know it wasn't for the benefit of myself. It was for somebody else. It's always for somebody else. You have Now that you have to establish in your heart. That what God is going to do in you and through you is not for you. It's going to be for somebody else. And then in the midst of it, He'll always bless you. He's going to give you something in it. But the foremost thing is that it's going to be for somebody else. Because in the midst, He done something in me. I like the way Pastor always said it. He said, the water holes, the grass is going to get wet, but the holes on the inside get some too. So surely he was doing something in me to benefit others. I see it. And I've been saying it for a while. I'm dismissing it to you. See, oftentimes we don't look at what God is trying to accomplish. We just want what's here, what's right now, what he's saying right now, right now. right. Now. You're not trying to see what he's trying to accomplish. And then we get caught up in trying to accomplish our own things because we don't see what he's trying to accomplish. We never even ask. We just take it for what we know. And then we, when you do that, you get caught up in wasting time and missing time. You get caught up in other people's Get, up, get caught up in petty distractions. Get drawn away with our own lust. Just get caught up. Because I never asked God what He wanted to accomplish, so I'm just all caught up. Because you never start at the beginning saying, What is God trying to accomplish in me and through me right now? What is God trying to accomplish in me and through me right now? And why is God doing this in me now? Why? What is God trying to do? put in me, in my heart? What is he trying to put in my heart? What is he trying to put in my life? And who's going to be the benefactor of it? Somebody's going to be the benefactor of what God is putting in you. God, who is going to be a benefactor of the work you're doing on the inside of me? That's why it's important to stay on point. It's so important to be where God needs you to be, doing what God has told you to do. You don't have time to play games. So in in, in saying all that, then we need to know what's required of us. Do you all know it's some things required of you? We've talked about that. There are things that require, that's required of you, not just what he desires to accomplish for his purpose, but what does he require for you to for, require from, from you to finish, to uh, require from you to complete something? What is it? Well, there is some things that he's going to require of you to bring things to completion. You know, we used to always, and I, I did, and I don't even know if my son's memory, we used to kind of tease Pastor about that. Now, if ever we were going somewhere, and I'm, I'm telling you, this is the way Pastor was, and 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 I mean, I see in his life, that, that that's just the way his life is. Everything, he never lost nothing, you know. I'm the big loser, but he just, he would always keep everything. But if we were ever going somewhere, you could always tell, because ever before we go, he starts working on it. He started working on weather. He's going to look at the weather, and I'll be like, he'd be like, well, wait a well, Let's see what the weather's going to be. Let's go and do, you know, he's trying to see, do we have this? Do we have that? You know, you know, and, and a lot of times you're not operating in wisdom. You don't know why he's doing it. But he understood something. He understood what it took to bring to completion. He's like, yeah, we're going somewhere, but you know what? We can't wait till we get there to get everything done. It got to be done beforehand. And you know we was always oh God here he is he's looking at weather and this is gonna happen here and this is, how much time you know it's gonna take us this many hours to get here it's gonna take this every little detail and when you used to think that was just, oh annoying he's out, oh, you know he just want to get everything uh, you know and 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 we ain't even leaving for two weeks but I learned something in that. He always, he understood something. He knew that something had to be done ever before we get there. So it already, be once you get there, you cannot, you cannot get at the end and try to make it work. It's not working that way. That's how you do when you go to hotels and you have all the mess that's going on at the front desk. Because you did something at the last minute. I promise you that. I promise you that. Things I kind of chuckled about that he used to do because he was always orderly like that. But I understand. It's things that are required of you. And God said, I need you to start well in advance. At the beginning... See, I just take that with Pastor. He would look at the weather from the beginning. He would be, and he all the way up to the day we left. He would look at weather, and he'd look at this, and he'd look at that. And I'd be like, "What you doing?" He's "I'm checking to make sure of that." And, and I printed this up upstairs, and I did this and that and other. I'd be like, "Seriously? Yeah, I got um, all of that because why? That's the way God dealt with him. Orderly. He didn't. He didn't take it." That me and my sons knew the way things were supposed to be done in the beginning. He made sure that they were done. And he said, let me see it. Oh, I got it, Dad. No, let me see it. Oh, you know, Dad's going to want to see it. Okay. Why? But if ever before, we got time and he's still... Oh, they're tripping no no it was because those type of things he already know he want to make sure it's a safe trip he knows what it takes to get there he knows what it takes once we get there for everything to be in order all of those things and we want to just do shabbily stuff and think God is all in it he's not he always said "I no last minute nothing no and that's what's happening to a, last, uh, a lot of us in our lives. Oh, we got last minute lives. We, we last minuting our lives away. And that ain't even a word. But just last minuting our lives away. Just the last minute. You're always waiting for the last minute to do everything. And then what you do, it's a poor job. Just a, it's just a poor job. You you let me tell you, you are doing a poor job with your life. You're doing a poor job with your life. Why? Because you're waiting until it's almost too late. Until it's almost too late. And when it's almost too late, what do we do? Now you're starting to throw stuff together. Your life is a collection of things. We've done where parts are missing. Places are missing. Pieces are missing. And we're to still stick it together. Things you left behind. And we're still trying to piece our life together. Things half done. See, because now I'm rushing. Because I'm almost at the end. I'm trying to rush and put something together. Why? Because you never, ever established what was required at the beginning. Now you got an old piece together life. Thrown together. Now you're just trying to make something happen in the end. And most of us in here, you all think completion is when the clock runs out. Oh, the clock expired. It's over. I've said this a million times in this ministry, and that we've said it for years, what finish means, what completion means. It means to bring something to a state of maturity, of perfection, so that it can continue in excellence. Continue in excellence. Did you know, I'm going to show you how that is. Do you know everybody that finished high school, have have a high school diploma, doesn't have an education? Do you know that everybody that graduates from college is not educated? (laughs) I know. You know, there's some people that just got the papers. That's all they have. But then there's others that got the education, and there's a difference. There's a big difference. There's a big difference in being educated and getting papers. People that get the papers, they are usually people that just do the standard thing to just get by and they just want to get out of there. I'm tired of school. I want to get out of there. But the educated one is the one that understand why they were there. They understood. See, not about the pay. They understood what they were getting their education for. That's the difference. And most people, most very few are truly educated. They just got the papers. They don't even understand. They just want to get out, there. I just want to get out there. Hey, I just want to get the papers, and that's it. I, they even said, I, I just want to get the papers. I'm tired of school. I just want to get the papers. No education, though. It's important that you get the education, not just the paper. Know what you're there for. That way you won't get caught up. And all the activities at school that take you away from the things of God. Because you understand why you're there. And just like in high school, elementary, it's the same way with college. You ain't going to be there long either. That's just one little dispensation that's going to flow away too. But you act like you're going to be there forever. And so you're just putting everything you have in there. Giving all this. I've seen some of you in this ministry. I've watched you on the internet. And you have you gave more to your college than you've ever given to this church. You were in everything that, that, that the yard could produce. And maybe one thing at the church. That's because you don't understand what God's trying to accomplish in you. And you were going again for the papers. You're uneducated about the things of God. You give all of your best to the world. You give all of your best to the school. I want to be in this. I want to do that. I want to do that. But when it comes down to the things of God, I'm not ready right now. I don't know right now. I'm not, I don't know how to accomplish anything. But guess what? Time is running out. Because you only allotted a predetermined time. Those of you that are going off to college, don't just go get paper. Get an education. Get an education. One thing you have to understand about completion or finishing or whatever you want to call it. I call it finish because Jesus said it is finished. One thing that you have to understand uh, that finishing or completion teaches you, it teaches you to complete. See, that's what it'll teach you. Once you complete, it teaches you to complete. You complete something, then you warrant, you. it teaches you, you know what, I gotta get that done. That's why a lot of you that complete everything is because you always complete teaches you that. And you're always completing something, so you write, on to the next one, I'm ready to complete something else. Those of you that are non-finishers and those that don't complete, you never finish anything. you can't finish until you finish <laughs> you know that you can't complete until you complete you can talk about it but it ain't happening you can't finish until you finish that's why in college that's why it's called a course what course do you take in? so you gotta go through the course that's why it's called that Your life is on a course. Your dispensation is a course. That's why it's called that. And guess what a course has? A starting point and an ending point. Every course. You got a driver's course. When you take a driver, they have you at a starting point and They drive the course. All courses... Whether it's in education, whether it's in the things of God, in whatever it is, a course is going to have a beginning and an ending. A beginning and an ending. Everybody say course. But I want to ask you another question. Just a question for you to think on. You don't have to answer because God is going to answer it to you, to, uh, for you in these teachings. How many things have you brought to a state of maturity and now they're continually excellently just think how many things have you brought into maturity and now they're just flowing excellently just excellently if you can't think of not one I'm going to tell you you're a non-finisher I'll leave that for you to think on at home. How many things in the course of your lifetime? Because remember, that course got a beginning and an end. <laughs> That's a big question, isn't it? Go with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's, let's run over there for a minute. I hope you all are getting this, church. Don't fall asleep. Sleepy heads, hey, tell your neighbor, wake up. Now, okay. Now, some of the teachings, like I said, is going to sound familiar to you because I'm weaving in and out. And I see in a lot of the teachings that have gone forth, I see that, well, you know what, we don't need no new stuff. And I don't need to try to impress you by giving you something new. Because you're not walking in the old. So weaving in and out is a good thing. Sometimes you need to stay there because it's, no, it's nothing. Let me tell you, if, if, if we're repeating it, it's because you're not walking in it. I'm not trying to impress you. I'm trying to change you. I'm trying to get you to live what you've already been taught. Just live it. So my whole intention of this teaching is to redeem the time that God has given us. Church, we have to redeem the time that God has given us. Time is valuable. We talked about that. It's uh, It's the only resource that you can spend but not earn. I keep telling you that. It's the only resource that you can spend and not earn. You can spend time but you can't earn time and you can't borrow time you can only steal it again you can steal time but you can't borrow it whenever you take time that was designated for something else to do something that you that that you should have uh, to do something that you should have already done but you got to use it for something else you, you didn't borrow it Oh, well, okay, I know I'm supposed to, but you know what? I'm gonna do that now. You just stole that time. And you stole that time from what something else that needed that time. So now the next thing, or the next level, or the next thing that you need to get to your divine destiny, it's lacking because you stole time from it to get it done. <laughs> The only, let me tell you, you cannot, you cannot, you know, you, you can't, you know what, you can't make up for lost time. It's done. It's over. It, it, lost time is lost. The only thing you can do right now is make time good. Period. You can't make up for lost time. From this point going forward, I got to make it good. You know, people always say, I want to make up for lost time. There's no such thing. You lost it. You know what? Actually, you can't make up for any lost thing. Not only time, any lost thing. You lose money, you can't can't make up for that money you lost. The money's lost, you just have to earn some more. You just have to earn some more. And guess what? When you earn some more, you have to go back and deal with the money that you lost because it's hurting you because the money that you lost that you were supposed to have, it was supposed to be gaining something for you, but now you lost it. So now all I can do is just earn some more. We And I think we do that because we have a debtor's mentality. We got to get out of that. Always debt to look good for Somebody. Stop borrowing everything. Because you're actually not borrowing, you're stealing. You're not borrowing, you're stealing. You're really stealing. I said in time and I'll say it again. Time is not yours. Time is not yours. You don't own time. You don't own time. You live in time, but you don't own time. And you live in time because God created time. So if God created time, guess what? Time belongs to God. It's His time. So you can't do what you want to with His time. You know, I was washing dishes the other day, and I tell you, God will... He'll just take anything to teach you. And I was looking at it, and the word dispensation because I was just kind of washing this and I was thinking about that if you shorten it down it's, the word is dispense and you know I have a dispenser right there on my sink there and when I push the handle down it dispenses a little of the soap for my hand but now the dispenser is full of the soap but when I push it It just gives me a little. Well, so it is with dispensation. God owns all the time. He owns everything, but he gives you a little of what he got. That's called a dispensation. But he owns it all. So he has all the time. And he pushes you and gives you just a little bit to get something done. And when that dispenser gives you, and I push it in my hand, and it's to get the job done. Get it done and move on. Until the next time for a dispense. I tell you, God will will teach you with a dispenser. If you're just here, if you just be quiet and say, you know what, God, that's good. Dispense. He said, that's exactly how I do the time. That's just how I do dispensation. I own it all, and I dispense it among my people, and it's just for that time. It's not your time. Did you hear me? It's not your time. God is Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. What he did was he looked down on us. He pushed the handle. Dispensed some things to us. Dispensed time to us. And we just abuse it. Oh my God, we just abuse it. So the question is, what are you doing with his time? You know, the Bible says it's like talent. He's going to come back and say, what did you do with that talent that I gave you? I gave you this much talent. I gave you that much talent. Let's just change that. You won't change the scripture. He's just put time there. He's coming to ask you about time. What you do with time? Okay, I gave you this much time. Did you did you add some stuff in there to make it make it? make it work did you did you do everything that I told you in it we got our own time because we got to do us this is our best life and God said I already showed you all how much time how time is he said isn't it but a vapor he said, it was just like when you got in the hot shower this morning. It fogged up the whole door you was in and you thought you couldn't see until you opened the shower door. And boom, it came clear. It's like spraying a spray. You see all the mist and then it just vanishes away. Time. He said, isn't your life just like that? Meaning, did not, don't I have a predetermined time for you to be here and a predetermined time for you to leave? And you think you have time. See, you, we, we let the world teach us about time. We let the world tell us we're running out of time and we got time and you're still young and they don't understand and they're old and they, they just don't get and, and play you all the way up until you get old. And then you be like, you know what, I should have listened, I should have listened, I should have listened. No, the time is now to listen. Right now. You cannot waste time. What is it? Time is what? Linear. Straight line. It's a straight line. And whatever was, and whatever is coming, is a result of what is. That straight line. You know what? I'm going to end with this because I'm out of time. But listen, did you, did you know that I'm going to end with this so you can think about it on your way home. You ought never be surprised by tomorrow. Never. You should never be surprised about tomorrow. If you're living today. If you're living today. Why? Because today shapes tomorrow. It always does. Tomorrow should catch shouldn't ever catch you off guard oh wow I didn't expect that why not today is going to tell you what tomorrow is going to be like write this down and I end with this if tomorrow catches you off guard it's because you sleep today if it catches you off guard it's because you sleep today Know that. Why? Because today is an indicator of what's going to happen tomorrow. Now see, what I'm teaching is telling you what's coming your way. What's going to happen tomorrow. You shouldn't be surprised. How do you know that, Sister Hill? Well, because yesterday created today. Uh, uh, you know what? I ain't going to even take y'all there because y'all are already getting confused. Stand to your feet. We come back to that tonight. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.